Hello and happy holidays, folks. This tis the season for happiness and joy and getting together with the ones we love. And we are here together this evening for a special visit. We are having a sit down with a hot cup of cocoa and I've got my hubby Billy here. Hello. As some of you may remember, Hubby works in retail. We like to call it Grace Brothers. And it's a time of the year where we don't get that much time together at home. So we have to grab the microphone when we get a chance. And as I speak, we are just over a week from the big day. So this is going to be almost our last weekend for the holiday. So we are sitting together and we're going to visit some of our holiday memories of past, present, and future. So, honey, uh, what comes to mind when you think back to your early days and to some of your first childhood memories of Christmas? Well, we all know that holidays are stressful and they can be a little crazy and picking up your homes for friends and family when they come over. I remember being a kid and, well, we had that special day of the year where Grandma and Grandpa would actually come to visit us. My mom stressed out and did everything she could to impress my grandparents, but she made an art form of cleaning the house. Basically, it consisted of her throwing everything into the basement, but, you know, grandparents were coming. We had to make the house look good, so every year... More and more got added to the basement. In fact, when we moved her out of that house, it was like an archaeological dig. Every time we took another layer off, it was another year. But that's one of my favorite memories, is having the grandparents come and having the house clean and just being able to celebrate with the family in our home instead of going somewhere else. And I remember because uh, Mama Billy actually... Uh was quick to include me when we met because within a few months of Billy and I meeting she was getting ready to move into her first apartment and you know she was already in her later years the kids had already grown up and left home and she was all by her lonesome in a three plus bedroom house and uh, so of course shortly after meeting we were already helping her move and uh, I can I can attest that Billy is quite true and right on his story because that basement was just jam-packed. I mean, seeing all of her Christmas decorations alone was like a winter village. <laughs> um, see, so for me, I've mentioned uh, a few of my memories over the years, including one where I was a little brat and I pretty much ruined Christmas because I wanted something quite badly. Bobby's got a similar story, but... That's for another time. Um, <laughs> I think that um, so, uh, aside from the uh, story, the story about how I was a no good, horrible brat one Christmas, uh, there is a favorite memory that I have of growing up, and this actually included several years. But I used to be one who got the now retired 
Nintendo Power magazine. And uh, it's no secret that I enjoy my video games from time to time. But in the early days, in the 90s, when Nintendo Power was new, they used to have a promotional gift that if you renewed your subscription during the holidays, you would often get a free game. And I'm sure that they did away with that in later years before the publication folded, but I used to get a new game each Christmas season, and normally, at least for several years in a row, it was a new installment in the role-playing game, Dragon Warrior. And this was important because a role-playing game is the perfect occupier for your kid, if you're a parent, because much like TV, where there may be something involved in a, a sitcom or, you know, a show that they have to pay attention to the characters, a role-playing game is something where you have all these quests. You have to collect the pieces as you go along, and there's a story, and, you know, the kid could be playing it for hours, if not days. So I was a, a happy little tween when I got my Nintendo Power and I got my free game. And sometimes it also included a strategy guide, which, okay, nowadays we call that cheating. But when the games were as big as the likes of Dragon Warrior and Legend of Zelda, and aside from strategy guides, sometimes they came with a map of the overworld. Now, to someone who doesn't play video games, that doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot, but in many cases, like Dragon Warrior, it actually was a map, like literally drawn out of all the lands that your character would travel. And so that was the next best thing to reading a series of books if you're a, a bookworm and having to imagine all those worlds with a role-playing game you had it all come to life in front of you so uh, that was the best thing about christmas for me for several years and you know, i was just saying to hubby before we started recording that when i was a kid i used to have this thing I would do on Christmas Day, where I'd call up some of my classmates, some of my friends from school, and it was kind of a way of, of uh, taking score. I used to wish them Merry Christmas, and then I would ask them, very petulantly I guess, what they got for Christmas, and then, you know, if they got something really cool, I was going to plan to go visit them so I could see it too, because it's no secret that uh, in my family, uh, I had a stay-at-home parent, so I didn't always get the high-end, the high-ticket gifts, but uh, sometimes I got the nicer things, or what I thought were nicer, so me calling up my friends on Christmas Day was just another way of bragging. Now. Honey, was was that the sort of thing that you used to resort to as a kid? No, we always got beat by our friends who basically had every single Star Wars, every single Atari game, you name it, they got it all. 
three brothers, only a year apart each. They shared everything. So we always got beat. <laughs> so you mean they got better gifts than you did? Better, they got all of the gifts. <laughs> so, uh, I know you said that your grandparents coming to visit was one of your favorite things about Christmas, because they lived a little ways away from you, but... Was there anything on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve that you did with family that was your favorite part of the holiday? Well, besides opening up gifts, it was one of the very few times that my dad was actually present for any type of event because he worked overnight. Now, when I say present, I meant he was there. Normally, he was asleep and we just threw wrapping paper at him. But at least he was there. <laughs> Now, did you guys wake up early and have breakfast with Dad, or...? Uh, you mean spend time with family and ignore the gifts under the tree? No, we all sat at the top of the landing, staring at the tree, waking them all up. Now, Mom would have to be the one to set the whole tree up, along with all the gifts and everything. So, my dad would get home about 4 in the morning, and we'd all wake up about 8. So my dad was screwed because he had to wake up after a few hours and act all happy and so forth, but it never worked. He just passed out in the chair. <laughs> I have to wonder nowadays, knowing what we do about the lengths our parents go to for Christmas, how many of those Christmases your mom was uh, spending putting together things that had instructions? <laughs> Not very well. <laughs> now, I, I gotta say something, though, about how our parents had to do it in one night, and all this stuff. I feel sorry for those poor bastards that have Alf on a shelf, because I hear about all of these parents who have these little elves in their house, and how some of them, you know, the holiday season can be very stressful, but when you have, an, you know, a Christmas elf moving around your house, every single day it can be a bit stressful now i have told the people that i know that have them everybody's favorite new solution the elf breaks a leg and can't move for a week but oh that's horrible it, it is but it, it it stops some of the magic happening every single day now for those of you who don't have kids i have watched some of the videos with hubby and it's quite entertaining. Aside from the breaking a limb excuse, sometimes if the doll gets touched, it's an excuse for it to not be moved because they've actually written it into the mythos of the magic of Elf on the Shelf is that if they are touched, it loses some of the magic. So it kind of turns, pardon the term, stupid for a day. Yeah, but it's also parenting. Parents are telling these kids to do something because the elf will tell Santa. Okay, get some balls, yell at your kids. Don't blame an elf. Now, I also heard another fun elf story this year. There was a little boy who was in a Christmas pageant, and his mother, you know, we don't make costumes anymore. We buy them off Amazon. Well, she bought the little shepherd outfit for the school play for him, but she got a suggestion for a sheep to go along with the costume. Because that's part of the set. You know, you have these characters and you have the props. 
and there are livestock in the nativity scene. Now, it wasn't until he was sent home with said sheep that she started to notice that it had a little bow on its head and had big puffy red lips and realized why he was sent home. It was a sex sheep. Oh, yeah. So um, on that note, I'm going to finish us. Okay, that's bad. I'm finishing us off. Um, Well, I'm going to end on a slightly different note. And I'm going to mention that one of my favorite parts of the holidays were some of the things that my dad would make. Now, in the early days of my parents' marriage, my dad worked different jobs. And one of them was at a bakery. And one of dad's favorite things to do was to make a huge batch of peanut butter cookies. Now, everyone knew that dad put his cookie dough out on the porch to chill. And, well, you know, one or two of us might have snuck some of the dough before it actually made it to the oven. And what imaginary person are you including in that besides yourself? (laughs) And uh, in later years, um, after I'd finished high school, Dad had incorporated a punch bowl to the holidays. In fact, uh, it was based on the idea that the old-fashioned punch that people used to serve at parties was made with sherbet, you know, as, as the basis of it. So this was a root beer punch bowl that had a big pile of vanilla ice cream in the middle. So it was a punch bowl full of root beer floats. And those are a couple of my most fond memories of the holiday season of some of the things that dad had created for that time. And uh, now knowing what I do about my father's childhood, I know that Christmas morning and Christmas day uh, was all in effort to in part make up for some of his own childhood experiences. He didn't have quite the happy childhood, to put it mildly. And uh, I'm sure it was a very special time for him to see his children building happier memories than he had. Speaking of yummy things and favorite things, was there anything in particular that you enjoyed during the holidays that maybe a family or a loved one made? Well, every holiday, basically Thanksgiving and Christmas, my grandfather made something called scalloped oysters. It was pretty much stuffing with oysters, but it was baked in almost like a loaf pan that had layers of breadcrumbs, saltine crackers, and oysters. It was, I don't know if it was an older recipe or new recipe, but oh man, it was good. I remember one of the first holidays that I had with Billy's family. I had the pleasure of uh, dining with his grandparents and they were business people. They had been uh, grocers that had retired quite a while ago, and and uh, they were friends with a, a local official, and we had uh, dinner at their place. It was quite a nice affair. Uh, he and his wife were an older couple that didn't have kids, and um, that was one of the dishes that was served. Now, I also uh, remember from that same meal, and, and this wasn't one of my favorite things from growing up but it's something that I've enjoyed since then and 
was first exposed to on this occasion, I had a sweet potato casserole, and this was made by a, a friend of Billy's family, and it is it's just uh, you know diced and mashed sweet potatoes in a casserole dish, but I believe that it was topped with maple syrup and also chopped pecans. And that thing was so heavenly. It was like a slice of pie in a casserole dish. But uh, aside from that, but something that I did grow up with, something that was in my household as a kid, my mother enjoyed making certain candies during the holidays. Now, my dad was one who had a big sweet tooth. He had a lot of fun memories as a kid of skipping school and going to the movies and I'm sure he just filled his pockets with candy and he passed it on to his kids but the holidays were a time when mom would make certain candies and that included fudge. Mom used to make old-fashioned fudge and she would even make the kind where you did the test with water. You're, you're supposed to drop a little bit of your your fudge uh, mix into a glass of water, and if it forms a ball, it's reached the high enough temperature. And uh, Dad didn't like anything too fancy, so Mom's fudge never had anything like bits of candy or any, uh, you know, toasted nuts or anything. It was just simple chocolate or peanut butter. But in our... A second Christmas together, uh, Hubby decided to um, explore some recipes and some uh, maybe some hidden talents. Honey, do you remember what you did that second Christmas that my family just really liked? Well, it all started with DJ wanting pumpkin fudge. Now, in his mind, he figured can of pumpkin and sugar and so forth but he, he didn't quite understand the candy making mechanics of having to get the sugar boiling to a high enough temperature so i introduced him to how to make it with fluffernutter well fluff as it is and marshmallow cream to other people and let me tell you it's really easy and so once i started making it and going to the store and finding Oh, about 10 different flavors that you could get in the spice aisle that you could just add to it. I think I ended up making at least, what, 15 to 20 different flavors? It, it, it turned into about 30 to 40 pounds of fudge by the time it was done. And the, the, um, the amazing thing was that he made it look so easy. Now, mind you, Apparently, there is a basic basis for making fudge. And one of the things Hubby didn't mention was that um, when he first set out on this adventure, he was looking for a recipe called Million Dollar Fudge. And that later turned to the varieties using the marshmallow cream because... It's, uh, it's an easy substitute for all the, the sugar and everything that's mixed together. But uh, the varieties of flavors that Hubby found 
were through going through the baking section and looking at all the extracts and things because there are a number of varieties of flavors that come in, I think it's an oil base. Correct. So you can find cinnamon, you can find oh, peppermint. In fact, peppermint, or wintergreen as it's sometimes called, was one of my family's favorites because that was one of Dad's favorite candies. He liked the pink mints, sometimes called lozenges, that uh, have the brand Canada on them, and he always kept them on his nightstand or the end table in the living room. So those those pink mints were one of his favorites. But we had so many varieties of fudge that we made up little toothpick signs for each of the varieties. And they basically had flags on them with the flavor names, like it was the UN platter of fudge. <laughs> so... Um, also, you know, that, that kind of reminds me when you talked about the marshmallow cream being the basis for a lot of those uh, fudge recipes. When I was a kid, well, it seemed that we used to have uh, stronger winters than we do nowadays. Of course, who believes in global warming? But uh, I remember a particular time, and I think it was in the third grade, we had such a storm and it was during the, the the week so we were in school but i remember a particular school day where we were allowed to go outside for recess and at the time i was at a school that had a, a modest hill behind it and we were able to bring our sleds to school so we spent a fair amount of that day outside riding our sleds and building snowmen. And I remember coming in and my cheeks being all rosy. And I, I learned then, for those of you who don't live in a climate that gets snow, there is a thing called being wind burnt. Kind of like a sunburn, but you've just been outside so long that the cold and the wind has rubbed your face and skin kind of raw. And so uh, you spend the next few days regretting uh, not wearing that scarf or that hat. But uh, I, I remember on a snow day at school, well, actually, snow day is usually when you don't go to school, but a snowy day when we were at school, and we came in from being outside at recess, and our teacher had made us all a batch of hot cocoa. Now, there wasn't anything... A special about this cocoa except for the fact that for the first time I can remember instead of just putting marshmallows in the hot cocoa our teacher had a container of the marshmallow cream or fluff as some have grown to know it called because you know kids love everything sweet and fluffer nutter sandwiches, which is peanut butter and marshmallow fluff, are one of the most popular things amongst kids that grew up in that time. But our teacher put marshmallow fluff in our mugs of hot cocoa. Marshmallows are for amateurs. you got to go for the big scoop of fluff. I don't know how you can just use tiny little marshmallows that melt. No, you put a big old glob of fluff in there. That thing warms up and... 
Oh, it's like heaven. I I remember after that experience, I uh, had a love affair with Fluff for a while there. And that probably explains why I had so many cavities as a kid. Um, <laughs> but I remember that I used to uh, create different Sundays at home because mom and dad had a full house and we would usually buy the big tub of ice cream, the one, the kind with the handle on it. And kind of that was only 10% dairy and the rest corn syrup. Probably. Um, <laughs> I don't know uh, how I got to be the way I was when I was a kid, but uh, Hey, uh, but yeah, I used to take a big scoop of marshmallow fluff, put it on my ice cream and then stick it back in the freezer so that it would harden a little bit. So I, I got to go back to sledding here. Were you one of the poor bastards that used to have to wear the bread bags on their socks? Oh, memories. <laughs> I remember being small enough that, uh, n- well, at, at a point I had uh, bread bags, but I remember wearing sandwich baggies on my feet when I was in early elementary school to keep my, my tootsies warm. Wow. And, you know, on a sad side note, um... For a brief breath of time, I remember living in this neighborhood when I was a kid, uh, probably before I was in second grade and when we moved for the first time I was old enough to remember, we had this great hill behind where we lived. Okay, it was a trailer park. I only lived there a couple years. Uh, (laughs) Nothing wrong with trailer life. Just we always thought as kids that uh, that's not where you lived long term that it was only meant to be a place you stayed when you're building another house but that's another story as long as you're connected to a sewer line it's all good sure anyways uh we had this great hill and i remember sled riding down that and in later years i uh, i moved back from having lived away for 10 years i drove by the old neighborhood and uh, come to find out that great hill that we used to sled ride on, well, it was a rock quarry that had grown over. There was grass over the rock pile, so when the quarry reopened, that hill was gone. <laughs> so uh, before we go into our next segment, uh, do you have any special memories of any snow days, honey? Well, we lived down near the lake area where I grew up, and because of that, there was a lot of hills, and, you know, we we went sledding a lot, and it was a golf course, and the hills were huge, and all I remember is the worst part is it was great going down, but rough going back up, and yes, I can attest to the wind burden as well, because... We'd be out there for hours, hours on end, and we did not want to go home. Now, wasn't there a particularly bad winter storm that you once told me about? The winter of 79, we had about three to four feet of snow outside. I remember one of our dogs jumping off the step. Now, our door was raised, you know, about two to three feet off the ground. So we had a little wooden platform area and then the stairs. And our little Doverman pincher decided to walk to the side of the steps instead of going down the steps, which you couldn't see. And I just remember her disappearing into the snow. Now, didn't you also tell me 
that uh, something happened in the neighborhood. There were sounds that you could hear from the wintry weather. Oh, that was the ice storm. The ice storm was really big in our town. And I remember hearing tree limbs and various things. And, you know, I was up in the middle of the night. And coincidentally, I just watched The Shining for the first time being a young kid. And my mom was all mad. My sister got up. And I remember my mom standing there. She could hear the storm, but she she didn't want to admit it. And she basically said everything was fine and go back to bed. And as she was saying this, the transformer on the pole outside didn't just go. It had exploded and caught the pole on fire. Oh, so I guess all the, the snapping and popping that your mom heard outside wasn't just the icicles falling off the roof. <laughs> no, it was all the transformers freezing in the neighborhood. So here we are, and technically... We've actually uh, passed the big day, but it's certainly the midst of the holidays still. We've got one more big event before it's the new year, but uh, we're just going to wind things down with this episode and talk about some of our favorite holiday music and movies. So, honey, um, either growing up or now, was there a particular song or artist that you really liked when it came to the holidays? I really don't have any favorites. I really like the big band or the older classics or Christmas music. They just remind me of sitting around with family, listening to the songs. But some of the new stuff, I work in retail. I have to listen to it 24-7 while I'm at work. The new ones with boy bands bastardizing the classics, those just scrape my nerves. Another one of note is Barbra Streisand's Jingle All the Way or Jingle Bells. It just drives me insane. I thought you told me that that was actually banned. It, it might be. It, it's like an urban legend for it causing seizures. All I know is, is that when you have a lot of people in line and they're stressed out, hearing her go on on a caffeinated binge of Christmas, it, it just needs to stop. Actually, that brings up good point or at least a memory um ironically that is one of my favorite christmas albums i remember as a kid bringing in my parents cassette of barbara streisand's christmas album and of course nowadays i look back and i realize that that was first released in 1967 so i shouldn't have been able to appreciate it at my age because it seems like most younger people these days think Something that far back is really old, but... Uh, we are old. Uh, sh- speak for yourself. Um, but I have uh, a lot of favorite Christmas music. I do like the classics, and like Hubby, I'm not too fond of some of the covers that have been uh, made more recent years. Point in fact, you may be hearing in the background, we have Miss Mariah Carey, and... Um, It's come to my attention, if you're not aware as listeners, that uh, several of the covers Mariah Carey did that's more popular were actually remakes by another woman recording artist by the name of Darlene Love. So she didn't make the songs her own style. She just copied Darlene Love. And if you're a Mariah Carey fan... I challenge you, email me and let me know that I'm wrong. 
It's tfnpodcast at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to read your message on the show. Um, <laughs> you may hear in the background a re- a uh, an 80s Christmas song, and I just wanted to mention on the note of Hubby saying that he doesn't care for a lot of the remakes. This is Last Christmas by Wham, which featured the talents of the late George Michael. Now, I will say this about this song. Uh, Being a a man of a certain persuasion, um, I don't particularly appreciate some of the newer covers of Last Christmas because there is a certain sentiment about this song. Now, it wasn't until later years in George Michael's life that he came out of the closet and was able to live life publicly as an openly gay man. So there is a certain hidden uh, theme to Last Christmas, and that is that uh, in this song, he may have shared a heart, his heart with somebody and taken a risk, taken a chance. So it doesn't quite have the same sentiment when others sing about it. And for that reason, I will always appreciate the original Last Christmas by Wham! with George Michael. Besides... Um, covers, there were um, a few artists I really liked. Before I moved back home, there was a Christmas that I I surprised my family because I would rotate, I would alternate, I would come home for Thanksgiving one year and then Christmas the next year. And um, one particular year, I remember a new song that was uh, released as part of a cartoon and it was featuring Harry Connick Jr., who was the haughty love interest on Will and Grace. And uh, in later years, he was on the news in his, uh, you know, fishing pants, the ones that have the, uh, the waist that goes up to your chest, helping out with Hurricane Katrina. Shirtless, mind you, on the news. What an opportunity. But uh, he sang The Happy Elf. And that year, my coworkers couldn't stand that song because I just loved to play it on repeat. <laughs> but yes, Harry Connick Jr. and Michael Bublé are some of my favorite recent artists to cover Christmas music. Although, I really do like some of the newer albums that were done uh, by Bette Midler, actually. She has an album called Cool Yule that Hubby and I found a copy of at a seconds shop. So, um, are there any particular movies that come to mind when you think about the holidays? Any favorites? I, I love the movie Scrooged with Bill Murray. I, I, it signifies the holiday so well with so much pent-up emotion that you just have to release it somehow, and that movie just does it for me. Is there any particular part of that movie that's a, a favorite memory? Uh, um, most of it, actually. I... I, every time I watch it, I notice something new. The ghost of Christmas past, future, and present, they're all brilliantly played. They're all very well done. And even you love the scene when she punches him in the face. Well, there's uh, the punch, and then there's also a toaster. And uh, if you haven't seen Scrooged with Bill Murray, I think it was done in the mid-80s, maybe late-80s, uh, it has Carol Kane, who 
was uh, popular as the uh, the girlfriend on Taxi of Lotka. She was an immigrant character, and of course, nowadays she's played so many other characters, including uh, the remake of The Adams Family. She played Grandmama. Ah, uh, yes, it wasn't a punch. It was that fun toaster. <laughs> who who wouldn't want to hit Bill Murray with a toaster? But seriously, I love that movie. You gotta watch it over and over and over again to really appreciate it. Now, um, I I would mention a movie that I watched recently, but you've heard me talk about it on my other show. Uh, there is a movie made about ten years ago called How About You. I I played for my sister when she came to visit the other week, but instead. I'm going to give an honorable mention, and Hubby will warn you, what's my problem with holiday movies? They're depressing. They involve death, drug use, prostitutes, and something horrible happens. And they're not like a Christmas movie you would expect, because they all end horribly. Well, I wasn't going to mention that movie, but um, just give the title and then I'll move on. Holiday Heart. If you love yourself and you love others in your life, don't watch it. It's a great movie. It's a wonderful movie. But have therapy sessions ready. And uh, who happens to be in that movie that you could remember? Elfrey Woodard. She plays Crazy Lady real well. <laughs> and also Ving Rhames, a very macho guy who uh, you may be used to seeing playing a version of Kojak, but he plays a drag queen in this film. But no, instead, I'd rather talk about a different movie. And yes, it does have some dark overtones, but it's technically a Disney movie. Now, I'm going to pick Hobby's brain and see if he knows which film I'm talking about. Um, Now, you know who Ted Danson is married to, right? And, And she actually made an appearance in the third Back to the Future movie as the love interest of Doc Brown. Yes, and I can't think of her name right now. Mary Steenburgen. Yes. Do you know what movie I'm talking about? It's a Christmas movie. It's technically a Disney movie. No, I don't. (gasps) Oh, goody. So I get to um, introduce you to something, listeners. Now, technically, I did talk about this movie on my list with Toppy Smelly and uh, Cindy the Flame Dame in last year's Popcorn and Silver Bells but it wasn't the tip-top of my list. This is just an honorable mention for this episode. Uh, It is a film called One Magic Christmas. Do you remember this movie, honey? I don't think I do. I think I've only shown it to Hubby once, but I do believe that he was not disappointed based on the expectations that I picked dark movies. Was there death and destruction? Actually, there was. In fact, it was... Go figure! It was sort of a female version of Scrooge where Mary Steenburgen's character plays this mother who's trying to make ends meet as her husband's business is failing. And she's refusing to get the money to help her husband with his business and she has to work Christmas that year, or Christmas Eve, I think. But uh, do you remember what happens that makes her change her tune? Doesn't she lose her entire family and they all die horribly? Why, yes. Why would you expect anything less from one of DJ's picks? Yes, it's suddenly coming out of my mind that I've buried it 
and purposely forever. <laughs> well, uh, just to to round this up, but uh, with a highlight, there are some cute moments in this movie, One Magic Christmas, where her daughter gets to go to visit the North Pole and she finds her mother's letter to Santa. So she's able to bring back uh, her mother's um, enthusiasm for Christmas. Oh, good. She actually comes back with your movies. I'm surprised she didn't go to the North Pole to look for Santa Claus and freeze to death. Now, honey, don't make me put another shot of rum in your drink. Oh, God. But uh, there's also a rather interesting cameo in this movie. Do you remember the movie Pretty in Pink? Yes. Do you remember Molly Ringwald's character's father? No, I don't. The actor that played the angel in this movie, Gideon, was a man named Harry Dean Stanton. And among many other films that he was in, he was also an alien with Sigourney Weaver, and he was also in Pretty Pink with Molly Ringwald. Now, in this film, he is the uh, archangel, and he's supposed to help Mary Steenburgen's character rediscover the spirit of Christmas, and he does that by taking her daughter to the North Pole to find her letter to Santa Claus. So, One Magic Christmas, it's a Disney movie, and I do believe that it's currently available to view on Amazon. So, um, we have, uh, just finished our glasses of eggnog, and, uh, Santa has left the rooftop. We are getting ready to celebrate the new year, and we have a couple of birthdays. Okay, more than a couple, actually. We normally get together for a special meal out, because not only do Hubby and I have January birthdays, but so does my sister Ronnie and my aunt Gwen. But what is coming up, honey? What are we going to be doing in a couple of days? Oh, your sister's going to come visit us. Yes, we're going to be uh, getting together at Chateau Star Sage. We're going to get out the big eight-foot movie screen, and we're going to have an afternoon of movies. And um, I was actually just talking with... Betty about this movie from the 80s and apparently it was her and dad's favorite movie now do you remember the movie Splash? Yes what do you remember about that? Who were some of the stars in that? John Candy um, Daryl Hannah oh god who else? Do you remember who the lead was played by? Tom Hanks? Yes he was and so uh, we're going to be watching the 80s film Splash with the aforementioned Tom Hanks, John Candy, Daryl Hannah. And um, it's a movie I haven't seen in quite a long time. And uh, we were actually looking for a higher resolution version of it for our uh, theater system here at home. But what were you telling me about the availability of that? There's only a few places where it's available on Blu-ray. And some countries are different region encoded. The strange part is some movies that are sold in different parts of the world are supposed to be region encoded for that specific part. But some discs are secretly region free. Meaning you can buy, let's say, I think it's Australia that you can buy Splash and that's actually region free to play in America. Hmm, quite interesting. 
I was just remembering some of the scenes from that movie, and there was one where um, Daryl Hannah's character, the mermaid, finds out that the uh, the mermaid fountain in the park that they'd just been to was going to be torn down. So Tom Hanks' character comes home from work one evening, and she's had the fountain delivered to his Manhattan apartment, and it's sitting in the hallway. <laughs> okay, uh, folks, um, that concludes this holiday special, A Cozy Cup of Cocoa, with my sweet dear husband, Billy. Honey, is there any parting wisdom or anything uh, you'd like to say to the listeners as they head into the new year? Just hope that you have a great holiday season with your family. And just remember, no matter how annoying and crazy your family is, spend as much quality crazy time as you can with them and not just on the holiday. That is good advice. And uh, my advice to you on the uh, note of trying to live or pursue a healthier lifestyle. You know all those leftovers you have from those holiday parties? Take them into work. Dump them off on your coworkers. Get them out of your house. Because if they're not in the fridge, not in your cupboard, then it's that much less temptation you have uh, in the evenings and on your days off. Bicycles and breakfast cakes Friends and family we will celebrate Sounds that joy and laughter make Early Christmas morning All around and far off places Angels waking, smiling faces Wrapping us with love and graces Early Christmas morning Early Christmas morning On behalf of myself, Hubby Billy, and all of us at the Unipause family of shows, we want to wish you and yours a safe and happy holiday season. Univaz, unique voices in podcasting. Univazpods.net. <laughs>